Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. And in this episode, I'm going to walk you through one of the most important but overlooked and underutilized aspects of the job search. And that is researching and vetting target companies for cultural fit, for value alignment. So in this episode, I'm going to specifically give you six highly actionable tactics that you can use to do this. But I wanted to record this because this is something that I see so many job seekers falling into. They just accept jobs without understanding what really matters to them and without doing their due diligence to understand if the company that they're saying yes to actually aligns with those values. And the problem here is that it's a short-term win. Yes, you might get a job offer at a company. You might feel good about that. Maybe there's a little bit of a salary bump. But if this company isn't in line with your values, if it's not fostering a culture that you want to be a part of, you are going to be right back in the job search three months, six months from now. And that is going to be a much, much tougher setup because one, You just went through a whole job search. And two, it's so hard to start from scratch. So we want to avoid that by doing our due diligence, really working to understand what we value and being able to find that in companies so that when we say yes, when we accept a job offer, we can feel really, really strongly that this company is a good fit for us. It's someplace that we can stay and grow and a place that will invest in us as well. So how do we do this? Well, there are basically six ways that I like to use with all of my clients, and I'm going to walk you through all of them so that you can take this to the bank right after this podcast episode, you can start implementing this. The first thing that you need to do is to actually get clear on your own values. So I see so many job seekers saying things like, I want to work at a company with a great culture, but what does a great culture look like to you? Does a great culture have let's say six months of parental leave benefits, or does it have you know beer pong tournaments after work? And hopefully we get to a place where every company has at least six months of paid parental leave, no matter what else they're doing with their culture. But just thinking about these two things on an individual level, which is what this really is about. If you are, let's say, you know, a 22-year-old person who doesn't have kids and isn't planning to have, have kids for 10 years, that benefit might not be as important to you as another benefit that provides more of a social outlet, right? A place for you to get to know your coworkers and maybe build friends if you're in a new city you know, on a deeper level. That might be more important to you. Whereas somebody who is you know, planning to have kids soon, they might not care so much about the social aspect and they might care more about being able to spend time with their new family member, right? With the the baby that they're they're having or they're bringing into the family. And so on an individual level, that one of those things might be right or wrong for a specific person. And without knowing that, without specifically laying that out, you're just setting yourself up to not really be able to see or understand if a company has a great culture for you. So that's the first step here. And it really starts with understanding your strengths and your values. So there are a couple of things that I want you to think about here. First, I'd love for you to go check out a thing called the High Five Test, which is basically like the Clifton Strengths Finder. If you've heard of that, but it's free, you can go to highfivetest.com, I believe it is, and you can take their whole test. They're going to give you your top five. Well, really, they give you more than that, but your top five strengths are what you want to focus on. And when you understand what your strengths are and you can actually see them sort of explained and defined before your eyes, 
you get a much better understanding of what activities and what specific situations and environments will allow you to play to your strengths. And when you do play to your strengths, it's so, so, so much easier to be successful. The next thing that I want you to do is sit down and think about everything that you get from a new job, right? So there's obviously salary, but there is the manager that you work with, right? The team that you work with, the projects that you work on, the impact that your work does, all of these things. I want you to sit down and I want you to prioritize them from top to bottom, from one to, you know, whatever the bottom number is. And then what I want you to do is define each and then give a specific example. So it's not enough to say, you know, having a great manager is second on my list. I want you to define a great manager. So maybe it's something along the lines of a great manager is somebody who supports my work and gives me the autonomy to be creative and come up with my own solutions, while at the same time, pushing me to go beyond my comfort zone and pushing me to grow. So maybe that's your definition of a great manager. And then we might have some examples of what a great manager does or does not do. So a great manager does not check in with me every single day about the progress on a project. Instead, a great manager trusts me to get it done. Or maybe a great manager proactively brings up promotions and a trajectory to that next step in the company. These are both examples of things that a great manager might do or might not do. And the great part about this is you can bring this to your conversations and say, hey, you know, tell me about a time that your manager gave you autonomy on a project or tell me about a time that your manager helped you level up within the company. And you can get an answer that you will see, you know, either reflects your values or does not reflect your values. And that's going to be really, really important. So if you do those two things, you should get a little bit more clarity on what you value and what you're looking for so that you can see it in these other companies. Now, in steps two through six, we move on to the companies themselves. So the second thing I want you to do is just go read the benefits page on the company's website. Now, this is super easy, right? Like this is something that a lot of us do, but it's still absolutely worth doing and doing in detail because those benefits will give you a really good sense of what's offered right off the bat. And if there are certain things that are highlighted that many other companies don't offer, say, you know, again, a super robust parental leave policy. That's a sign of what this company values. And you can then say, you know, well, that aligns with what I value. And so I feel much better about that. So this is table stakes. This is something you should be doing no matter what. But I highly encourage you to go read the company's benefit page line by line. So you have a clear understanding of exactly what they offer and what they don't offer. And then the levels of those offerings, you know, how deep they go, what is offered within each of those broader categories. The third thing that I want you to do here, the third step in the process is to go check out the reviews on Glassdoor for this company. Now, I specifically want you to avoid five-star reviews and one-star reviews because five-star reviews are typically manufactured. Um, Not always, right? Uh, That's not a blanket statement, but five-star reviews can be manufactured. There's a much higher propensity for five-star reviews to be manufactured than let's say four, three, two, or one-star reviews simply because if a company is going to go to the lengths of manufacturing reviews, which has happened on Glassdoor actually quite a bit, they're probably not going to manufacture three-star reviews, right? That doesn't make any sense. So I just like to remove those. And then I also like to counter that by removing the one-star reviews, which might be from people who had just a really, really bad perceived experience. It doesn't necessarily mean that they actually had that experience. Maybe they did actually have that experience. Either way, they're bringing a lot of emotion to the table and their experience likely isn't what everybody is experiencing, what the majority of people are experiencing and not likely to be reflective of your experience. So instead, if you look at the two through four star reviews, that should give you a much better idea of what real people and real reviews of the company have to say. So that's going to be your best barometer. And these are still absolutely worth checking out. There's a lot of great information that you can glean from these Glassdoor reviews. So that's the next thing that I would do. 
The fourth step in the process is to talk to former employees who left for a better job or opportunity. So the reason that we want to do this is because if somebody has left the company, they're going to be willing to share more. But if they left for a better opportunity, they're less likely to bring a lot of emotional baggage and bias with them. So for example, if somebody left, let's say an early stage startup to go work at Microsoft or Google, they're probably feeling really, really good about that transition. And therefore, they're probably not feeling as much you know, emotion or whatever it is for the previous company that they left. And therefore, they're going to be more likely to just give you an objective opinion or objective advice or objective information on what's going on at that other previous company. So I'd highly recommend that you try to find these employees. And one way to do it is to use LinkedIn and just go to, after you run a search, you can go to all filters, you can go to past companies, and you can put your target company as the past company. And that will give you a list of all these people who used to work at that company who now work somewhere else. So you can supercharge that by searching for your job title specifically so that you find people who are working your target job title at a new company who also used to work in that job title at your target company that you're looking at now. And then you could just reach out to them and ask them if they'd be willing to answer a few questions via email or on the phone. The fifth step here is to listen to interviews with executives at the company. So this is pretty straightforward. All you need to do is go to Google and run a search for the company name and then leadership team. And you'll either get a page from the company itself or from a third-party website that lists the leadership team. And then I want you to pull out each of their names and just go run a search on YouTube and on Google for the person's name and then interview, as well as the person's name and podcast. So for example, I could take Satya Nadella, Microsoft CEO, and I could go to Google and type in Satya Nadella interview, Satya Nadella podcast, maybe even Satya Nadella keynote speech and see what comes up. And then I can do that on YouTube as well. And what's going to happen here is that I'm going to find a whole bunch of videos and a whole bunch of interviews with this person. And I'll be able to listen to them to see what they specifically have to say about company culture. And the beautiful part about this is it's coming from the person who has the most impact or the people who have the most impact on driving that company culture because it truly does come from the top down. So that's the next thing that I'm going to do here. And then last but not least, step number six is that I'm actually going to go look up current employees on social media. And the reason that I'm doing this, I know it may sound like a little weird, but the reason that I'm doing this is because these are the people that you'd be working with. And so if we can go look them up on social media, we can see what they post about, what they care about, what's important to them, what their lives look like, what their values potentially are. We can see if those people align with us. So it could be something as serious as, you know, seeing if somebody has a similar political affiliation, or it could be something as fun as seeing if somebody likes the same bands that you do or the same hobbies that you have, or, you know, just generally the same personality that you do. If that's something that's important to you, we can glean a lot of this from social profiles and from information on social media. And so if you're going to be working with these people, just doing a little bit of due diligence on them and understanding if this is somebody that you want to spend 40 hours a week with is a really, really powerful way to understand whether or not this job is going to be a great fit. So that's my six-step process, and you can use it pretty much any time during the job search. You can do it upfront as you're vetting your initial target company list. You can also do it for any company that reaches out to you, or maybe you see an application for that you're interested in on a job board. No matter where you're at in the process, whenever this company comes up on your radar, now you have six steps that you can leverage to go out there and vet them. And by no means do you have to do all six. I would recommend doing all six if you're thinking about accepting a job offer from the company. But if you're just starting out, if you're 
just, you know, at the beginning of the job search here, I'd recommend trying to knock out anywhere from three to four of them just to make sure that this company is going to be a good fit for you so that you don't go through this whole process of updating your resume or building relationships and then interviewing only to find out that this company is not going to be a good fit and then having to start from scratch and not being able to reallocate that energy to another opportunity. So that's it for today. Thank you as always for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.